Hey, how are you? It's Mary Bicknell. Welcome to Lead a Life Uncommon, where every Monday you're going to get a little biz bite to start your week off right. And then every Wednesday, we're going to deep dive into all things personal growth, where my goal is to help you have an aha every single week. You know, this podcast is for you, for the woman who's the go-getter, who knows there's more inside. And you know what? You're ready to smash through that self-imposed glass ceiling so you can finally see what you're made of. Ready? Let's go. Hey, welcome to Lead a Life Uncommon. Oh my goodness. So today I'm going to share something with you. We're going to have a three-part series all on boundaries. Why? I think because the truth of the matter is so many women have a challenge with firm, solid boundaries. So there's three areas that we're going to look at over the next three podcasts, professional boundaries, relationship boundaries, and personal boundaries. And today we're going to start with professional. What is a professional boundary? You know, we hear the stories all the time where, you know, the, the, and this is less and less. So I don't want to minimize that we've made strides here and we've grown. Okay. Of course, this is less and less, but you know, it's just like when we think about um, where are our professional boundaries, I just can't help, but just picture and picture it with me, if you will, picture a board table in an office building with glass windows that are floor to ceiling and amazing, beautiful Sally Jane is walking in in her badass suit and incredible heels. And she's getting ready to sit down because she's one of the leads or she's one of the directors or she's one of the top, top peeps, right? And somebody turns to her and says something along the lines like, Hey, will you take notes? Or, oh, where can we get the coffee? Or something along those lines that basically say, hey, woman, the value that you're bringing here into this room is not equal to the man's role. What do you think about that? Can you picture that? I feel like that's like out of some movie. I, 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 if I would have thought about that a little bit more, I probably would have thought about a certain movie and directed you to it. But I know we as women can all think about we've had these kind of experiences. Maybe it's not the boardroom. Maybe for you, you own a business and you didn't establish strong boundaries with the client and they're constantly texting you. So we're really going to talk about this. And I'm going to give you some action steps to really think this through a little bit deeper. So here it is, it's client expectation, employee expectations, the fear of really putting down that boundary, that line. You know, we think about boundaries as people pleasing poison, right? When we cross our own boundary or we allow someone to cross the boundary, it's really that people pleasing is that codependent. It's like, I'm so worried about what you're going to think. And then we get into over delivery and not saying no, and then over volunteering, and then maybe even not speaking up when your idea is taken. That's very common. A lot of women, they'll start initiating some idea, some brilliant, amazing thought, and they're interrupted or they're spoken over. Or three minutes later, Bob comes back in with the same damn idea. And everybody's like, oh my God, blah, 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 blah. And you don't speak up. And you're like, thank you. Here's how to handle that. Thank you, Bob, for commenting on the idea I just shared. Let me continue with what I was saying. What about a client who um, 
who tells you that they don't like now what you've contracted for. Now, granted, we want our clients to be happy. How do we mitigate that? How do we change that? How do we go from having a, a conversation about renegotiating something versus just allowing it to happen? And then we're just making all these compromises. What about this? Your boss calling you on the weekend. So it could be your, your client texting you all the time, but your, or your boss calling you on the weekend or expecting you to do emails back. What about this? Have you ever had a new title and you were so excited about it, right? You were like, yay. Oh my God, everybody. But it was really double the workload and the pay increase wasn't as much as you thought. It certainly didn't match the workload because maybe you didn't want to renegotiate. Maybe you didn't negotiate on the first hand. You know, typically women fail to negotiate their salaries. So we already know that women on average, and I'd love to see it be equal. It's not, it's still like in the 70 percentage of what men make. And a lot of times it's because women don't raise their hand and ask for more. They don't just press, they don't push. They don't come in thinking, oh, what was my last salary? What do I want this time? What have I learned? What have I bring to the table? And this makes a massive impact over the life of your career. Here's something that's going to help you. I want you to think about what are some of your core values? You know, when we become more solid on our values, it's so much easier to have a line in the sand that we won't cross or we won't allow other people to cross. Now, look, before you give me a lot of pushback and like, Mary, you don't understand, you know, I have a family to feed, you have responsibilities, I have a career. Let me ask you, have you considered the true worth of your business or your career? Have you really analyzed it or have you just fallen into it? Have you had the chance to step back and say, is this meeting my values? Is this meeting my desires? Is this hitting my goals? Because sometimes we're just so terrified to let things go, to change things, to look for a new job, to modify. And then what happens is, here's the deal. Some of the jobs that you've had, some of the pieces of your career, or even your business, you may have started those jobs, you may have started that business, and you've not allowed yourself or it to evolve. And I want you to think about it. Let's say you've had your business five, 10 years, 10 years. And maybe you're becoming discontented with it. Have you evolved with it? Have you grown? Has it pivoted? Have you modified it? Have you added on? Have you created more of a system? Do you have more free time? When do you even look at these things? And I think this is really the key is that sometimes, you know, you get stuck, you get stuck doing something. And before you know it, it's years later. Let me give you an example. You know, when I was in graduate school, I was in, I was earning my master's degree. So I was in an advanced graduate program one year. And actually it was in administrative and planning, although I'm a clinician. Okay. So anyhow, I got this uh, and I got a Carl Albert fellowship. So I was able to work my practicum, which was killer because I was working, getting paid while everybody else was doing their, um, their practicum for free. But anyhow, here's the point. My friend got a job on a psych unit, a geriatric psych unit. Well, she said, Oh my God, Mary, there's a new position opening. Okay. I took that job. And then it was years later that I just was kind of sucked into the geriatric mental health psych unit, hospital, medical model career until one day I was like, what the hell am I doing here? I don't even like death and dying. This isn't, 
but this can happen. This can happen. And because you're looking at, oh, how do I even rewrite a resume? How do I add new experiences? If I've fallen into the trap of one um, career path, how do I move out of it? How do I take these skills and relanguage them to suit another industry? So these are things that you have to look at. Where has that bound your professional boundary? Where has that wobbled? You know, sometimes you outgrow things and you don't realize that's the point of your discontent that you've outgrown it. Oh, you know, and sometimes to be honest, you can just make a shit ton of money and you have the golden handcuffs, right? You have the prestige, you have the title, you have the, the, all the things, but here's the deal. You have the key, my friend. One of the keys is not trying to be in denial that maybe it's not a great fit anymore. And the other key is not trying to be perfect you know, doing just doing everything just right all the time, saying yes, taking on the extra responsibilities because you think that people are going to be able to see your perfection in the job. And I'm going to tell you that typically they do not. They do not unless you speak up about them. Women have a tendency. This is across the board. I've seen this just over and over and over again. Women have the tendency to think if I'm doing a good job, everyone's going to notice and I'm going to get a raise or I'm going to get a promotion or clients are going to more, I'm going to attract more clients. That's not the case. You have to speak up. You have to let people know about your brilliance, about the ideas that you've had, about the new concept that you've started, about how you've impacted the company's bottom line. Who are you meeting? What connections are you making? Maybe your boss doesn't even know. The same thing if you have a business. How are you sharing examples that you've done with clients, some of their successes? What are you showing to people, right? It's not about it's not about, um, I call it beneficial bragging. I've done a different podcast about doing beneficial bragging and I'll go into depth with that another time even. Um, but it's really about conveying, conveying your areas of expertise and feeling good about it. Like if you can't pat your own self on the back, who can, who can, I want you to really think about that. If you're not sharing with the world, what you are capable of doing. And why, why do we know about you? So it's really a challenge. I know for a lot of women about this professional boundary, and they think that, you know, humbleness is, is the way to go. I think that here's the thing. It's kind of like when people say to me um, about selling, like, Oh, I don't want to be a pushy salesperson. People who think, Oh my God, I don't want to be a pushy salespeople are going to be the least pushy. It's the same thing if you're having the thought. um, And so my point with the sales, hold on, is that you probably are swinging too far to really not pressing or asking the right questions. Okay. There's a middle ground here. And part of the middle ground is conveying what you can do and how you can help people. It's the same thing in your job. It's the same exact thing. You know, it's like, oh, I don't want to brag. Oh, I don't want to say I did this. And There's also this balance between being able to, as a leader, reflect on the good that your team did, right? We want to support our team. We want to um, pat them on the back, those kind of things. And we also need to know that and share that this is part of what we've been doing. So how are you navigating that? How are you navigating that? So I think it really starts with, like I said, what are some of your boundaries? 
What are some of your boundaries? What are some of the, the boundaries that you've, that you've lapsed? Can you identify them right now? Do you have a boundary around when people can get a hold of you, when you are going to an- answer emails, when you're going to, you know, um, pick up the phone? What do they look like? So get clear on, on what you know are your boundaries right now. And then let's talk about what are your values? Is it family? Is it free time? Is it honesty? Is it collaboration? And how do your boundaries sync up with your values? I think that sometimes we never look at these two things together. You know, if your boundary is loose, but your value around your family is super high, if that's number one for you, spending free time with or time with your family, it's like, this can be your guidepost. This can be your guide to lean on when you are putting down a firmer boundary or enforcing something or writing a contract or, or saying, I'm only available, dear client, between you know nine and five, Monday through Friday. Or telling your boss, you know, is this an emergency? What's an emergency that I would be needing to get back to you over the weekend? I think when you have your values super tight, then the boundaries are easier to put forward. And we're going to be talking about this more over the next two episodes on your personal boundaries and your relationship boundaries. And I'm going to give you some more examples of values. But right now, think about it for your business or your work. Where are they wobbly? Where are those boundaries wobbly in your business or your work? Here's some examples. So here's your uncommon, so your uncommon action steps first. What are your boundaries? Where do you feel like they've been wobbly in your business or your career? And think about right now, what are some of your values and how are they in conflict and how will you know if they're in conflict? So are you experiencing some of these emotions, guilt, frustration, resentment, If you're feeling some of those things, that's a sign that you need to do a little bit of evaluation. So here's some things. When you're in a meeting, how come your meetings are long? Are they too long? Is everybody long-winded? What could be different? What could be a better way for people to have a great meeting with you? Have you told them? Like, do you have an agenda? Are they coming prepared? Are they coming prepared with the solution to the problem? Is there a lot of small talk in the beginning? Do you have an established time? Is it 10 minutes? Is it round table? What's your goal? What's the solution? What's the problem? Okay, here's my input. The same with client calls. Like, is it very detailed on the, on the front end what to establish uh, about your times? So here's the issue, right? Is like, if you say that your calls are, you know, one hour long, do you wobble with them? Do they go over? I tell my clients, my, my calls are between 30 and 45 minutes. I had this client recently and she asked me, can, you know, can my calls just go to the 45 minutes? And I said, no, you know, it's like 30 to 45 minutes. We're not going, here's the reason when that happens, the goal with my clients is that when they have an aha, when we have a breakthrough, when there's a great idea, we're not trying to just cram more talk into the last 10 minutes, the last five minutes. There's no point to that. When you have effective client calls, it's clear, it's concise. You've gotten to the point. There's a definitive outcome. There's definitive action steps or or next steps. And there you go. So she was a little surprised and that's okay. That's okay. 
also, you know, you want to, it's really important to, to focus on establishing that on the front end, because deviating from that really is, creates confusion with your client. So they don't know when you're going to go over, when you're not going to go over. So be respectful with your time. And of course, going over can create so much resentment, right? Have you ever over-delivered with a client? And I mean, you're always doing great by your clients, but I mean, you went ahead and you did the extra thing. And maybe you did it again and again and again, and it wasn't at all part of the contract. There's a name for this. It's actually called scope creep, right? What is the scope of the work? And oh no, did some other stuff creep in? So it becomes easy to, you know, have a conversation with a client to make sure here's the scope of our project. This is the scope of what's in our agreement. Look, I've done that and it's, oh, it's bitten me in the rear end. Don't do that. So can you contract for one project at a time? Is there additional work or a request from your client? Like, is this established? How is that handled? Is it per hour? Is it a new contract? You know, what do you experience when a client presses you? And, you know, sometimes they, they press you, they push you, they give feedback because they want to be challenged. They want that. They need more. So, you know what? Sometimes if a client is pressing you, ask them. Tell me a little bit about your experience of us working together. How is this helpful to you? I noticed that you're asking for more that's outside the scope of our agreement. I think it's time that we talk about renegotiating or adding on. I think sometimes what happens is people worry about being in conflict, right? You're like, oh, I don't want to have this conversation. You have to have this conversation. Oh, I don't want to speak up when Bob talked over me. You have to speak up. Now, look, I know big accounts need big attention. So what's the cost to you as a business owner? And what's the cost about you being an employee? Are you being told to over-deliver? For example, if you're on salary, right? If you have a salary, look, I remember when I was on salary and the bottom line is like, you'd work till the work gets done. But the problem is there's always work. So what does that mean exactly? Like, is it really clear? What's the expectation? Are you supposed to work on the weekends? What about holidays? Are you supposed to immediately answer email? I don't know. Do you need to renegotiate that? Is there comp time? Do you get any comp time back? Typically not. So how do you handle that? So again, if a value to you is spending time with your family and your salaried position is requiring 50 hours, is that what you want? Mm, I know it's a little challenging, isn't it? And uh, wait till we get to um, relationships and personal boundaries. It's going to feel even more challenging, but my goal here is to help you lead a life uncommon. More importantly, help you lead the life that you want. And so sometimes you have to put your foot down, right? Put your foot down. Here's another, here's just a couple more and then we'll end. Okay. Um, one of the things that I, I ask all my clients to do is have CEO time. And what this looks like is designated time where they literally are thinking. And what happens is there's frequently pushback where they're like, oh, you know, something came up and I wasn't able to put my time in for my CEO time. That's the real thing that we would work on then. What got in the way? Why don't you have the systems? Where are you not putting your foot down? Um, where are the distractions? Why is CEO time important for all of us? Because we need to be able to have our great ideas come up. It's the same thing if you're an employee. It's the same thing if you have a big title and career. Like your job is to think of solutions. 
And so if you're constantly, constantly, constantly barraged with your to-do list, you fail to um, shut the door. You are always giving into your email. You always are giving into these distractions. You have no free time to actually think. Yeah. Thinking. Of course, we need to do to get the results, but we need to think about how are you going to have the opportunities show up in front of me if you don't have any time and space to see them. One of the things that um, recently I was talking to a client about is like, you know, I asked her, how often do you just shut the door to your office? Because typically shutting the door is a, is a bad thing, but it doesn't have to be a bad thing. You can change your company culture by having it be a great thing where people are actually you know, scheduling time to shut their door, to be focused on their project. We know that it takes 25 minutes to get back on the tasks. So if you are having all kinds of distractions and interruptions, the way that your brain is working is it's taking 25 minutes to get back on target. That costs you a lot of money. That costs you a lot of energy. That costs you emotional drain. So that would actually be one of the very first things I want to encourage you with. What do you do with your calendar and how do you schedule time to stay completely focused? Do you have designated client times? Do you have designated work times, project times, talk to your coworker times, talk to your staff times? What does this look like? Do you have times that you look at your email or are you constantly in that addiction mode? So that's a lot. I know. Next week, when we talk about relationship boundaries, oh, it's going to be a lot too. And it's all woven in the same. Really, the bottom line is so that you can feel fantastic about your profession, about your relationships, and about your own personal boundaries for yourself. So go make it a great day. I look forward to talking to you next week. And remember, be bold. You deserve to lead a life uncommon. Talk to you soon. Hey, you've been listening to the Lead a Life Uncommon podcast. I'm here helping you create a life to allow you to do whatever the heck you want to do whenever you want to do it. If you got some value out of this, I'm going to ask you, pop over and give a five-star review. Subscribe and share this with a girlfriend you know is ready to lead a life uncommon herself. And I want to give you a couple of things. Number one is pop over to marybicknell.com slash podcast. I have something called the guide to your hidden thoughts around money and success. You're going to uncover some good stuff there. It's a little workshop I'm giving to you. And another thing I want you to take advantage of is this exercise I did all around connecting with your evolved future self. You're going to love this exercise. It's going to be fantastic. In fact, when you're done, please, please, please go and tag me on Instagram or any of the socials and tell me what you thought. I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say and I'll chat with you soon. Bye now.